Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. The Flyers cap off the homestand with a loss to Florida, but a win against Boston. Now they head to the West Coast to really make a test for themselves. Let's talk about it all right now. This is the Orange and Back Check Podcast with Bill Kornfeld and Scott Weinhardt. It is episode 89 of Orange and Back Check. As Scott Weinhardt, my partner across from me, as always, pointed out, it's the Cam Atkinson episode, and honestly, he's one of the brightest spots on this team right now. Uh, Scott, I guess you're kind of bright, too. How's it going, man? Well, it's going great. Look, you, we just talked about one of the best flyers of all time last week in, in, uh, in Eric Lindros. Now this week, we get to talk about one of the other greatest flyers of all time in Cam Atkinson. <laughs> I mean, that's Already how the just fan jumping to yeah, that just point. Just jumping everybody, like you know, John LeClaire, <laughs> Billy Barber. You know, Claude, Claude Giroux. I mean, as the, Cam Atkinson has been, everybody's loving him so far. But you know what? I, I you know, overall, well, I, he's I a shoot first mentality guy. As soon as he was brought in and he just, he, as soon as he gets the puck, he's looking for that open lane to create a chance, whether it's his own goal or create a rebound uh, to create a chance. Like that's what Flyers fans have been waiting for. I mean, that's what uh, you would had hoped for on Jake Voracek after a certain amount of time. And that obviously never came to fruition. Uh, JVR tends to do it, but not at the consistent level. Like he's obviously a younger guy. Um, or they're about the same actually. No, I, is JVR older? Yeah, he's got to be. Yeah, a little bit older. Yeah. So yeah. I, I think that's what you, you you clamor to. So it's just one of those things where, and you can't deny four goals in four games is going to get you attention in Philadelphia and throughout the NHL. A hundred percent agree with you. Here's here's the key with Cam Atkinson. It's not the fact that he has just the shoot first mentality because he plays in all three phases of the game. Like it is very key with the fact that he can play on the power play. He's creating scoring chances on the penalty kill, and he plays very well five on five. You know, he's just a guy who goes to the net. He knows what he needs to do. He knows he knows his job, and that's get the puck to the net, and he needs to be responsible at all phases of the game. And crazy as it sounds, that's a tribute to a John Tortorella-type player where those disciplines have been instilled in him over time that you need to be three in all three phases, and he's done very well at that. So, um, yeah, it's very shown that he's been a well-coached player throughout his career up to this point because even this early in the season, you know, he's been a difference maker and that's a difference maker that's been needed because this team overall does, does practically get up the slow starts, but you know, that line too of, you know, with Derek Broussard on there too, that, that he's been, he's been not, you know, he hasn't really done too much on the scoreboard, but he's helped out a lot. So yeah, uh, it's working. It's working. You can tell that they've it's had, definitely working and working. It, it, 
you saw it also the best example and i i believe it was in the third period to keep the flyers in the game obviously they ultimately lost against florida but cam atkinson came out like a gun a, a bullet out of a gun coming from center ice to come back on the on the on the back check and made an incredible poke check to create a, 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 a rush for the Flyers that ultimately didn't work out it, to create a, a goal, but it created a chance. And it was just, it's again, to your point about one of those things where uh, if Kevin Hayes is, is supposed to be that three-way guy, so or three-way player, three-way phase player, so is Cam Atkinson. And that's exactly what this team has needed for quite some time. I mean, honestly, since probably 2010 when they went to the cup final, yeah. but it's been a while since they've had multiple guys that can play all three phases. And the fact that you have Cam Atkinson, Cla- or uh, uh, Cam Atkinson, um, uh, Sean Couturier, and Kevin Hayes, I mean, that's a trio. And Hayes that, isn't even playing right now. Right. Hayes I mean, is still like, hurt. It's so, been mean, a nice little gap filler for this team that they have Cam Atkinson really stepping up, uh, especially with, with guys that are still getting acclimated because I'm not hitting the panic button, but uh, panicked button yet, obviously on Rasmus Ristolainen, but I mean, he's been a disappointment for, for sure. But I, I, I kind of attribute to still recovering from that lower body injury, I believe it was. So it's one of those things where we'll see what, how he, he gets acclimated in, in Edmonton and, and how in Vancouver, but I mean, he's been, um, he's been, he's been needing help. That's to put it lightly. I mean, to get, to get things started. Yeah. And you know, the Sanheim, Wrist line and pairing isn't terrible, you know, but there's a couple of plays that they left on the ice against Florida. You know, I, I, I thought that, you know, one of the, the, especially the goal that was late in the second period, that cross ice pass, like the puck was just out of wrist reach. He went to poke it, but Sandheim's got a skates turned to the net. He's got to be looking to intercept that pass, not tie up the player's stick he, he, right in front of that net. You got to pick that pass off and you got to clear it out, especially that late in the period, just some small stuff, but look, let's be honest here. They're four games in. You know, you know we, we, what we've been saying. And he's only two along. games in. I mean, he, yeah, right, he, right. Yeah. You, you got, and he didn't really play too much in the preseason, you know. So it's not like it's, it's not, you know, you get, you get time with your partner practices and the same thing as game speed. So and not making excuses for the guy, but you got to give him time to acclimate. You have to. I mean, this team has to take time to acclimate a little bit. It looked like it was all starting to come together a little bit against Boston, but, you know, Ristolainen was on the ice for a couple of those goals. I mean, but at the end of the day, it, you know, He'll be okay. You just mm-hmm. gotta let him settle in. And what See, was I thought was good is that I saw like after he made a bad play uh, against Boston, Mike Yo was on the bench like talking to him, and he's just kind of like nodding his head, like yeah, I get it, I get it, I get it. like he he knows, he knows. So yeah, it's not like he's a rookie. You're trying to really get get acclimated to NHL speed, right? You're getting the differences. You're getting wrist alignment acclimated to Flyers hockey. Correct. And that's the yeah, difference 100% there. Hundred percent agree with that. And yep. I, I think the 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 what, and I actually kind of go the other way with Boston. They they won that. I don't want to see convincingly, despite what the scoreboard says. It says six three, but I mean. They got outshot. They got outworked in terms of possession in their offensive zone compared to what Boston did. And even AV said it like they just got a lot of pucks on net. They threw the puck at the net. They threw it at Martin Jones, who was standing on his head. I mean, credit to. And again, sidebar on this. I'm never having a goalie take to go up against you. I mean, it's just I need to know my place. I need like it's all about takes in in this world, in this podcasting world. But I need to also know my limitations of what I know in hockey and goaltending compared to you. I know very little. Uh, so credit to you to having trust in Martin Jones 
right off the bat. Now, I'm not completely sold on him. He's going to have those clunkers that we're all expecting and I'm expecting. But your yeah. first game, not just a, a game, but a game against a rival in the Boston Bruins and to beat them six to three after turning away 37 or 40 shots. I tip my hat to you, sir, and Martin Jones, and to you, Scott. Listen, I, uh, I just you, I've seen Martin Jones play for years, and you just know how he plays. He just gets to the right space at the right time. He doesn't move his hands too much. He, he's not doing anything flashy. He just knows he needs to get in front of the puck, and he plays very, very square and very positionally to it. I'm not going to talk on like a broken record again about how he plays the game, but like the first goal, like the first goal that he gave up, it was the shot never came in front. He was in the butterfly. And then a pass right across. You ever notice he didn't he 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 did a butterfly push to the right, but he never moved his arms. He never moved his arms. So like he plays the percentages, and still to this day, you know, like like Francois Allaire figured out, eighty percent of the shots are eighty percent or at the middle or lower part of the net. That's eighty percent of the shots. So unless you're going high glove like Taylor Hall every single time, you, Martin Jones is going to be pretty solid for them. So hey, look, you're right. Thirty-seven saves on forty shots to open up your season on a personal note, that's a great start for him. I mean, 40 shots, it's a lot. That's a lot on your defense. That tells me they weren't great defensively. Yeah, exactly. Like that's why that's why I lean towards them just going like they they took the chances that were given to them. They they played Yeah, the well. flash were opportunistic and Jeremy yep. Swayman didn't have a great game. Like he gave up a couple goals he shouldn't have. If that were Tuka Rask, it would have been a different story. Yeah. Um, but Tuka's not going to be playing until at least January with that labrum tear. And Linus Allmark, well, he's Linus Allmark. He's not anything to write home about. <laughs> so um, at the end of the day, it it is it is good to see a good start like that where you you could lean on your goaltender a little bit more to bail you out, knowing that he would, and take the chance you could. I don't think – I'll tell you what, what, what spoke to me in that game specifically was Travis Konechny's goal because I don't think last season he has the patience to cut back inside, go to the middle, wait – and then wait till the screen develops and then fires a shot over Swayman's glove. Now, on the yep. broadcast, Eddie Olchuk was saying that, you know, like, oh, he should, he, they needed to save there. Well, he got screened at the last second. He was in great position. Connecting just beat him. And last year, he has quick wrist. Like, it, if, shot. it's one of those things where if Connecting, as you just said, is, is patient with it and waits for that quarter second, half a second slower to fit, pick his spot. His wrists are some of the best in the league, yeah. like right up there at the top of the list. But he just has to be patient. Like, it's that, just one of those things where he worked on it this season. Obviously, they drilled it into him. They must have. Like, I, whether, whether it was But it, but it wasn't even the shot. I mean, it wasn't yeah. even the shot. What, what is it for me was that he waited for the screen to develop. He, waited, right. for, he yeah. waited for the screen to develop. But then he took the shot. He waited for the goalie's vision to get disrupted. Ri- turned his wrist and flipped it over. And again, Swayman made him not picked it up until the very last second, but he never moved, which tells me that he never saw it. So, like... Yeah, you may need a save there, but you tell me that his glove's not going to go up a little more. We talked about it last year with Carter Hart and that angling thing. Remember the puck just kind of went over his glove a little yep. bit. Same concept. It, he just yeah. didn't track it right. And I it's because he didn't see it. And that's that's a kudos to this the, the details that you're seeing with this team play differently. You don't score six goals against the Kraken by accident, and you don't score six goals against the Bruins by accident. Yeah, granted, they played they played Florida and lost on Saturday, but I mean Look, Florida's five and zero. They've given up nine goals in the season. I mean, that's yeah. insane. They've got less than ten has goals Bob, in five games. Has Bob played all of those games too? Obviously, he played against the Flyers and he looked pretty stellar. But I, I will look into that. I, I don't do know if he know. played all the games, but le- I, I imagine he didn't. I, but either, but uh, yeah, yeah you're right. He played all five. I mean, honestly, like, and they're labeled as early cup 
contenders, but I mean, they're also I have a huge question mark on Bob because of his playoff resume. Well, they and, got Spencer Knight now, and then Spencer Knight's going to be no joke. He's going to be he's so, really he's so he's young four out of the too. Five. He's been four out of the five. So, and, and Spencer Knight is their Carter Hart, honestly. Carter Hart, I, I, or Spencer, I believe, is a, a year, might even be a little bit younger. If he's not younger, he's, he's he is 20. A, he's 20. Yeah. So he's a highly touted prospect. If not, I think someone said on a broadcast, I can't remember if it was radio or television, said that he's the highest, uh, or he's, yeah, he's the highest evaluated prospect for goalies this year. So it's an interesting tandem between him and and Bobrovsky and, and, and with Spencer Knight. I mean, that Florida's going to be a really good team down, they and, and, and they're going to be like there's a re- it's not a fluke that they're undefeated. Like no, they're it's good. certainly not a fluke they're... that the, it's certainly not a fluke that the Flyers are two one and one. They I think they deserve that record. Maybe three and one. They should have beaten Vancouver on opening night, but I mean at the uh, at the end of it, like. They, their record is who they are, and it's not a bad record per se. It, it really, it's going to galvanize probably coming in this this West Coast no, trip. And I mean, they're back. only they're only eighth in the Metro. I mean, it's not terrible. Yeah. They're only eighth in the Metro. I mean, it's crazy that <laughs> they're two one on one team and eighth in the Metro. Just the other you know, the way the schedule yeah. balances. But you know, speaking of Florida, you know, and also to consider this, the Flyers have historically struggled against Bobrovsky throughout his career. They they just they can't beat him. They just for whatever reason they can't beat him. You know, Bob can Bob instead of winning in the playoffs wins against the Flyers. I'm okay yep. with that because then if you play them in the playoffs at some point, you know, I I don't think Bob's going to get on this magic run. He's 33 years old at this point for crying out loud. He's at That's some point crazy he's, to me. Yeah. Someone said like they said it on a broadcast too that he was 33. Old, yeah, he, but he's got and it's just like he's been like you remember in 2008, 2009, or 2000, yeah, 2008, so, so 2010 when they had nobody and signed them through uh, from um, what's it called? Yeah, so yeah, he's 33. Excuse me, yeah, he's 33 years old. So, so I like, I, but right before the Brzezgalov signing, I was anticipating a Bobrovsky to carry this team, and then he flunked in the playoffs, and that was it. Like you knew they were going to go for Brzezgalov at that point. So Bob's yeah. Bob's been around for a while, and it, it'd be nice to see. I mean, he's what what won the Vesna. Twice? He's won the, the Vezna before, but he's the bigger the bigger thing with Bob is he can't win in the playoffs. He's won yeah. one playoff series, and that was a sweep yeah. against Tampa. Like you had an opportunity to win against Boston, just didn't play up the, the, the part. And you know, a lot of that to go back is just it's up here, it's up in your head. It's 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 a head thing for him. Like there's no reason with the how much talent he's got, but he's he's running out of he's out of, he's running out of runway. I mean, he's 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 got ten years in now, believe it or not. He's got a lot of miles on him because he's played a lot of games. Because you play a lot of games in your your goaltender for Columbus because that's that's your team right there. They don't have anything else really. But with him is that they've got a great tandem, which is why they gave up. They exposed Chris Dreiger to go with um to go with the, the, the Kraken. It's it's crazy though that. He's gonna, you know, him and Knight are gonna be have they're gonna have problems because Florida's not gonna be able to move that contract at some point, yeah, with a ten million dollar cap hit. They're just not gonna be able to do it. So Spencer Knight is gonna, they're gonna, so far as gonna make a hard decision. Either they're gonna have to eat some eat some money in the next couple of years here, and then flip him to somewhere else for a team who needs a goalie. My money would be on Edmonton. They really need a goalie to get him over across the finish line. I think they could do it if they made some money work, because Spencer Knight's a guy you just don't give up on, and they're not going to. It. Yeah, they're gonna give him time to develop. The only problem is that. When you're paying a guy at $10 million like that, you're going to need to play him a lot more often. So with Spencer Knight, that's going to hurt his development quite a bit. So a team might pony up and throw something at them that might not have a choice to take because they're not going to be able to unload that contract. So that's going to be wind interesting to watch in the next couple of years. So it's important to uh, keep your eye out on that case because I think Florida's window is open now, and I don't think their window is going to be open very long because they're going to run into these problems. Um, so, yeah, they're going to – 
they're they're going to be a fun team to watch this year already. And you're going to see it with a record five zero and zero. You know they're they're going to be you know tough to play against. But the Flyers here's here's the, here's the kicker about the Flyers. They go from one undefeated team to another. They're going to play Edmonton tomorrow night or tonight actually. So um, Edmonton's just killing it right now. Connor McDavid is just on the next level. He's got already throughout the season. They've played five games and he's got how many points already? He's got 13 points in five games. Yeah, that's absurd. Six I, I, goals and seven assists in so, five freaking games. Are you nuts? Yeah. Drysdale's got a Drysdale's got a lot. He's got four goals and seven assists. I mean, I, I think the leader on this team is is Farabee with six. Farabee, yep. Yeah, yep. like it, it, that's absurd that he has six point or seven points more, and they've played equal or one less game. Yeah. The Flyers have played one less game. So, yep. like it, it, even on a good day, Joel Farabee is maybe flirting with eight or seven or eight points after after five games. Like it's just it's one of those things where you just uh, are, are really just in awe. Uh, of a guy like Connor McDavid, who again, and I, I want to talk about it a little bit later as when we get to the end of the podcast, like the TNT coverage on, I mean, I've only watched one game so far on TNT with Boston and Flyers on, on Wednesday night of last week. But I mean, they did really well. And I hope that they really continue to market the guys like we were talking about last week with the all at all or nothing on Amazon with the, the Toronto Maple Leafs, like market those Austin Matthew guys, Sean Couturier's should be starting to get some love at some point. I hope yeah, yeah. Uh, Connor McDavid, I uh, obviously dry These guys need to get, be in the more of the limelight. And I think Turner sports TNT are really going to focus on that. But yeah. before we get to the, the Edmonton, I, I, the other, I mean, we, this is, I think the longest we've gone in the podcast without mentioning his name. Carter Hart looks locked in despite being uh, Owen. Well, he, obviously he does, he's not Owen to, but he has two of the, t- the two team losses, one in overtime and one now, obviously. One, one, uh, one. Yep. Right. So it, it it's nice that he seems to be locked in. I, I think he's already faced like 150 shots, turned away most of them. He has already a sub three uh, goals against average over like flirting with 915 save percentage like it's obviously again early on four games in three games in for Carter Hart's sake it's nice to see that he seems to have turned the corner early on and I think these away games are really going to be where I I don't know if AV said if if it I'm guessing it's going to be Carter on on Wednesday night against Edmonton but either way it's going to be one of those things where this is the first big test for Carter Hart not in terms of Team quality, you already know that with Edmonton, but in terms of mental, where he is mentally, because now he's away from uh, the home ice in Wells Fargo Center. Well, remember what happened two years ago. Flyers got off to a decent start at home. They go to Edmonton. They get blown out. They lose to Calgary. They lose to the Vancouver. You know, things didn't start out great. They go back yeah, home. You know, the three Pittsburgh. opponents that they have this week. <laughs> yeah, and then they go back and play Pittsburgh, which is coming up after the Coyotes game and lose 7-1, to and everybody's like, oh, my God, this team's a mess. Yeah. We're fine after that. That's someone yep. lost was a wake-up call. Like, it is way too early to judge anything. It's just you need to bag points early. I will say this, though. I will say this. This is a really good test for this team because I know they lost the Panthers 4-2, to but I thought they were in that entire game. I don't think I did, too. No, I did, too, yeah. That game was right there for the taking just – Florida's a better team than they are. Like overall, well, honestly, like they're a better team. Like, not just a better team. Yes, I I think they they are a tier above the Flyers. I think the Flyers are that that tier one below them in terms of if we're talking Stanley Cup ten contenders and just playoff contenders. Yeah. Um, I agree with you there, but 
I think also they just made really dumb penalties at dumb moments. Ristolainen, we talked about, had a dumb penalty. Nicholas Albay-Kubel was fine for his hit uh, on uh, Masterson. No, what was his name? I'm sorry. Who did he hit? Mason Marchman. Mason Marchman. Like, these are... Nicholas Obey-Kubel has been, to put it lightly, a dumbass this entire early on in this season. He's been making taking dumb penalties for all four games, capping off with this now dumb knee-on-knee hit that he did on, on Marchman. Like, it's just... It, 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 I'm kind of at the point where we talked about it uh, a couple of seasons ago where we're like... He's a he's a a, a a prominent just up and down AHL to NHL guy. Then he went got hot and he stuck around on the NHL roster. I'm at the point where I'm just like, cut this guy loose and give someone else a chance. Bring in yeah. he's not a center. Nicholas Obeku Bell is not a center, but bring in Morgan Frost. Like this is where like Frost this, isn't ready. Right, Bill, uh, Bill Metzler was talking about yesterday with that talking about how he's not moved his feet enough at the AHL level. He's got some work to do down there. I, mm, I, I will say interesting that, sign. We'll have to dive into that a little bit. Yeah, later. I yeah, that. We'll save that for next time because that that concerns me a little bit. A guy's not moving his feet at the HL level after being sent down. Tell me he's not working as hard as he should be, which is yeah. a bigger problem. So that because that was the thing that we were talking about with Tyson Forrester, the Correct. first round pick out of uh, for the Flyers two seasons ago. Now, yeah. so yeah, um, here here's where I'm at with Kubel is that you're 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 a minus four, dude. Okay, the, you're you're leading the team in that, like leading the team in minus. By the way, yeah, minus you're the four. worst on the you're team. The, yeah. yeah, basically, yeah. So I was trying to be positive about it. No, you're yeah. not. There's no, there's we no can't, positive we can't about minus. sugarcoat this. When he's no. minus four, he's minus four. Like that's minus really four at this bad. point in the year, it's not acceptable. I, I just, I think for a team that's supposed to be responsible, his average time on ice is less than ten minutes, which tells me that you know you're there. They're starting to lose some confidence in you. I, I'll tell you what. Here, this is a situation where I'm okay with when Kevin Hayes comes back. Now, putting Kubel in the press box, keeping yeah. Derek Broussard and put him on your wing. Like interesting. You know, okay. Yeah. I, I, I'm okay with that because Broussard already has five points on the year. Like, I know they've signed him late as more of a depth guy, but he's been an impact player so far. Him and that Atkinson connection are really working. And, like, you're going to have a bit of an imbalance here with when Kevin Hayes comes back because then you got to reshuffle lines because you're not going to toss him on your third line. You're going to move Scott no. Lawton to your you, fourth. He needs to st- be starting right away on your second Right. Parent. So that's the thing is that, second you know, line. that's the key is it's going to open up a right wing spot. So, like, you know, that you're going to have to – Broussard can play both center and the wing. So if you have an ability to move him to the wing and play – Hayes with Atkinson, that'll probably be better for you offensively. And then that way you have some more veteran leadership down on your, your bottom six. I'm yep. okay with that because if you're going to make take penalties and be a minus four and do things that are going to hurt the team, you know, I'm going to take my chances with a guy like Derek Broussard. And even though he's 34 years old, he's a plus six and he's got five points. That tells me that overall, even defensively, you're playing very well. So um, I'm, I'm taking, I'm taking that. I, I think that that's the move they need to make with Kubel and let them sit, let them learn. Look, you're always going to have these fringe guys who are in and out of your lineup. You're always going to have that. Every team, even Tampa has that, but they have their core group of guys. I don't think they, Kubel is that guy anymore. I know they resigned him after last season, after right before the, but they threw the lockout on that, like at the, um, the, the bubble and mm-hmm. they, they had him. I just, I don't, I don't, I don't think you need a, a player. Well, who's like I said, he got hot headers. at the right time. Like he played, he was playing well yeah, going he, into that. He has nothing else. He did nothing yeah. last year. He's done nothing so far this year. And yes, it's only four games in. I'm not overreacting, but you know, this is where the coaching staff has to look and say, okay, is he helping us or is he not? Okay. We have enough guys in this team where we can make a move and pull him out of the lineup. Now, right now with Kevin Hayes being out, you, you don't have that, but, and again, I, I don't want to see Nate Thompson in there every single night either. No, um, but, no. 
but he's certainly more of an asset than Nicholas Obey Kubel has. Correct. Been so far. I'm okay with Thompson and Broussard over Kubel when Kevin Hayes gets healthy because you are going to, have to reshuffle that. I don't. Kubel doesn't need a place on the team because Broussard can play the wing. So that, and, that's and how I look. Let, at it. Let's not put it light. Let, let's not sugarcoat it. I mean, we're talking about it. Av's thinking it. Like he's not. He might not say it out loud. Like Av's one of those guys. He's a good coach, and I mean, it's not unique for him to notice this kind of stuff. Every, all 32 coaches should notice this crap with players like Nicholas Obey-Cobell, but there's not a doubt in my mind that AV's thinking the exact same thing that we're talking about. Well, like, there's... I, 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 I'm channeling AV. Like, you know, right. I, I, that's, why, that's why I'm so right on my goalie calls, because I'm channeling exactly what a professional <laughs> You're connected to him by I'm the connected head. connected to yeah. yeah, no, no, You're no, like no, uh, no. the tree thing in the movie Avatar, if you remember Yeah, that. exactly. Yeah, yeah. I take my little tail, and we just watch it the other day. I take my little ponytail and I, I wrap it up to my microphone and then it sends a signal to Elaine Vigneault. And then, you know, I'm thinking about his martinis and stuff like that right now. So that's what he's looking for in Edmonton. Uh, martinis I, they would get after a victory. You remember that? Yes. Yeah. Okay, and then and, and during the, during the, uh, whatever the, sp- the week long break that they always get, maybe he's oh, like, yeah, I'm yeah. just going to go on my boat. I think it was, or my yacht, yacht, whatever, and drink my martinis. All right. It must be, it must be nice. Must be it nice. Hey, really you, must go, be nice. Go take your yacht and go have some martinis. Yeah. Real friggin'. That's great. That's great. That, that's yeah. Philadelphia for you right there. <laughs> yeah. I, I like that. I like that. Um, <laughs> before we get to the preview of the week, I, I, like I said earlier, like I, the only game that we saw is Boston and flyers, but I mean, TNT's coverage so right off the bat just felt crisper. It felt uh, a little bit more loose, despite be, like it, it, they transitioned really well. And I think just the chemistry of the guys felt a little bit more in sync because it wasn't as, as you said, corporate when they were over at NBC. They felt like they were having a lot more fun. I think the panel on in, in the intermission that included Gretzky, it included Messier. Like these are, it's just it 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 felt like the 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 chemistry was there that we've been kind of clamoring for as a broadcast uh, for a broadcast to watch. I thought it was a, it was a nice refresher for why TN, what TNT plans to do with the NHL. And it's going to be a lot of, I think it's in good hands. That's for sure. And ESPN has been doing decent well, but I've always, as soon as they announced that Turner sports was involved too, you get the, 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 the feeling of, or you, you know what they can do with the NBA coverage and you hope they transition that well into the NHL. And I think they've done a decent job of that so far. I, I agree with you. I think, you know, overall, the only knock you really have on TNT is they don't broadcast in 4k. At least I haven't seen anyone. I've checked it all. Yeah. The I wouldn't know. I'm not, I'm yeah, not like you. I don't buy a 4k. And, well, no. And that's you got to get on the 4K land, man. You got to get in 4K land. It's it's so much crisp. <laughs> I, I'll say this about the it is great. I really like how it's cool how they put the penalty clock like on the ice itself. They make it blend yeah. in with the ice. I think that's an actually a great touch. Just get in 4K. That would be even better because ESPN broadcasts in 4K, and it's just it's so clear, like it's ridiculously clear. So yep. um, I really enjoy that. You know, it's really good. Leah Hextall did a game the other night uh, with the Kings and the Stars. I thought she did a really good job and went into overtime. It's really cool that, you know, that the what's cool now, I really like, is they're breaking the mold and having women do more of these play by play. You know, I'll be honest with you. When I, it was, uh, I think that someone, there was a woman who did football, I want to say like seven or eight years ago. And it was quite an adjustment. But I'm not going to lie. For me personally, it was quite an adjustment to hear go from here and a man. To a woman do play by play, but the more you hear him do it, you realize how good it is. Like Leah Hextall is really good about getting excited with the chances in front. They've done a great job with that. Uh, the lady with the Sixers is doing it now too. Not Scott, yeah, yeah she's yep. doing one. Then she's got energy. I don't think it's cool. How ESPN and, and I believe TNT might be doing it as well. So I that's the big thing for me. I really really like what they're doing is that they're 
they're they're broadcasting in 2021. They're not broadcasting in 1998 like like NBC was. So that's that's to me that's the biggest thing why I think a TNT and ESPN are doing so much better. I think ESPN's a little better only because of the 4K, but that's it for me. Oh, you so, and the 4K. Uh, you let's get wrap. A 4K up. TV. You got to sell that surfboard and get a 4K TV. <laughs> you tell my wife I got to sell this thing. See how she responds. You'll be you the gotta, one. Heather, you got to sell that thing. It's just sitting there. It looks <laughs> ridiculous. We're a hockey podcast. We're not sitting over here just smoking dope with with mullets. Like you know, it, it's smoking you get rid of that thing. dope with mullets. Okay. Yeah, that's what they do with the surfers, right? That's what uh, all right. So they have Edmonton, Vancouver, and Calgary. Uh, two, uh, no, all three are away. They come back for Arizona on Tuesday, but we're going to do a, a Halloween morning episode. So three games, uh, it's six points available. I don't, I don't, I, this is a coin toss in what they, how this could go because it's the first road trip of the year. It's on the West Coast and you don't really have, oh, we didn't really touch on the Ryan Ellis injury, but, Hopefully he's back by this uh, for Edmonton. AV said that he's going to skate day to day. Yeah, he's day to day, but he's going to skate tomorrow on Tuesday. And hopefully that means he's a go, but we'll see. It's a little worrisome with him. Maybe I see maybe 50% of the points. I see three out of the points. I see an overtime loss somewhere. I I just don't, I I don't know if I'm fully invested in this, in this road trip yet. Before I get into I'm saying I'm a little bit concerned about Ryan Ellis so far this season. Like when he's, when he's on the ice, he's impactful, but I mean, he missed some time during the preseason, a lot of maintenance days. And now he's missing some time now. That's got me a little bit concerned because I'm ho- well, ho- the hope is that I, yeah, I mean, you kind of hope that it's this whatever's happening now is just a, a, a tweaking of not the tweaking in a sense of worsening, but a tweaking and trying to figure out if he's fully rehabbed that injury and hoping that it's kind of just all related. So it's not like compounding injuries one on the Correct. next, whatever it may be. Yeah, so hopefully Michael Neuver situation. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Out like, Oh, I made a save. I'm hurt again. Guess what? I'm recovered. Yeah. Oh, I made a save and I'm hurt again. Oh, I got scored. Yeah. I got hurt again. I mean, you saw that a little bit with Brian Elliott when he was here, but then once you found that balance of actually having a legitimate starter to get Brian Elliott, the lesser starts, the injury subsided. So well, and, and not only totally that too, with Brian Elliott, with him, it was a core muscle injury. They came back way too early from yep. it because they needed him for the playoffs. And like, he, he stayed pretty healthy after that, which is good for him. So, but as far as this road trip goes, here's where I'm at with everything. They're playing a first place team. They're playing three, three teams from the Pacific division. Um, like I think Edmonton, um, you're going to have a hard time beating them. Just, I mean, you're, they're, they're undefeated. a team. Well, I mean, it's not just that they're undefeated. It's not even that. It's that they, they've gotten, they've gotten better overall because they added Zach Hyman in the off season. They added Duncan Keith. I still question their goaltending, but their goaltending isn't going to kill them every single night because Mike Mike Smith and Miku Koskinen are competent. I just don't think their their goaltenders that take you deep into the playoffs. Um, with with Edmonton though, you have you have two players with twenty four points on the season, five games in. I mean that's ridiculous. You if you if Ryan Ellis isn't healthy, I don't. I see I have a hard time winning this game because I don't know how you stop McDavid and Drysaddle. I just don't. I just how do you do it? You, they've they've they got twenty four points in five games. It's just it's ridiculous. So. You're going to have to find a way to outscore them. Um, and so far, it, teams haven't done that. So they are by far their first. They're, they're first in the league with goals for goals in 24 and goals against their 13th with 13. So defensively, they're okay. Offensively, they're outstanding. They're like Toronto was like a couple of years ago. So that's, that's going to be a tough one. If they get a point, I'll be happy. Vancouver is a different story because I think with Vancouver – uh, they're a team where you should be able to beat them this time. Now they're third. They're third in their division. They are three, two, and one. They've been hit or miss, so to speak. 
goals favored. They've got 18. They're ninth out of third. They're ninth and they're ninth out of the league. But they're defensively, they're 20th out of 32 teams. I think after playing them with your first game of the season, have already having a feel for them going in there and building them may not be a bad match for them. I can see them getting two points out of that. Calgary is the one that confuses me because I just feel like it feels like a team that they should beat, but I don't know if they're going to because right now they're in fourth. They're two one and one, kind of in the same boat of the Flyers. They've only scored 11 goals in the season. They've given up 11. So they're not great offensively, but they're very good defensively. And they're a Daryl Soto touch uh, coach team. So that means they're already going to be strong in their own end. But here's what kills me about Calgary. You look at their numbers and it just, they're not consistent at all. Now, granted, they've only scored 11 points. Elias Lindholm has over half of their goals. He's got six of them. He's got six goals, but no assists. Johnny Gaudreau, <laughs> no goals, but six assists. Okay. <laughs> Andrew Mangiapani, three goals, no assists. There's only one player on this team with a goal, at least a goal and an assist, and that's Matthew Kachuk. He's got one of each. So the rest of it is just guys with assists, and Blake Coleman has another goal. So you're telling me that four players so far this season have their all offense? I feel like it's a team they should beat, but I just feel like it'll be like it was a couple of years ago where they just drop it late it just it, yeah. or, or lose in overtime. It's not that I have a bad feeling going into this road trip here. I do think their points available. It's just Edmonton's really good. Vancouver, they should beat them. And Calgary just feels like a team where they just need finding to find that one game where they get on track and it just happened to be against the Flyers. Hopefully not, but yet again, who, who knows? So um, they've got two giant goaltenders. They got Vlan, Dan Vladar, who's 6'6". They got Jacob Markstrom, uh, Jacob Markstrom is 6'5". Like, and hey, scoring goal is that big. So that's what I'm saying is that while the Flyers' offense is picking up and getting good and their offense is good so far, I mean, overall, they're while they have their ninth in the league with uh, uh what's it called? I'm sorry, the the Oilers, excuse me, are the Flyers are, are 24th in or to first and then 13th and 32 with um with goals against. The Flyers are ninth through goals, they're a top 10 team with their offense, and they're middle of the pack with you know giving up 13 goals out of 32 teams. So they're in the middle of the pack defensively. It does a fair well get match up well against Edmonton, but it does match up well against um against Vancouver and Calgary. I just, I just don't know. I just don't yeah. know. So there's, there's an opportunity here for up to, I think four points available, four out of six. I think you can get four, three out of four, three out of six. If you go on with three out of six points, you're on the right track coming on, uh, coming back against uh, Arizona in a couple of days. Yeah, exactly. And, and yeah, I mean, as soon if you can come away with 50% of the points on a road trip, you're sitting pretty good, especially because, like you said, you have the Arizona coming up and then you have a, uh, two rivalry games in division with Pittsburgh and Washington. So right. that's right. that that's really where it matters. So 50 points or 50% points coming into this is going to be a a, a, yeah. a, a win. I know you wanted to talk about the, the mess that's in Toronto. Let's save it for uh, su- Sunday morning on Halloween because that is hilarious what is happening in there. They are falling apart at the seams. I'm yeah. going to have to finish all or nothing to really get a feel for how this team has completely collapsed. So Toronto is on the verge of collapse. Montreal is like, there's been a lot of funny, disappointing teams. We'll focus on those uh, in our, on our NHL wide view uh, on Sunday's episode, because I, I want to see how bad they get this week. Cause if they're bad this week, things can go way downhill for all for all those slow moving teams in Montreal, the to Toronto, all that good stuff. Yeah. Uh, in the meantime, Make sure you are subscribing to our Facebook page, our Instagram page, our Twitter pages, all that good stuff. We post all of our videos, TikTok, 
all of it orange and back check podcast you'll find us right there on your menu screen hit follow hit subscribe give us five star rating we thank you so much for listening as always orange and back check at gmail.com if you want to participate in our 2021 2022 fan mail page and again Keep following our uh, Matt Davies, who is now joining our social media team. It's it, it, he's putting out great content. He's really helping us out. Uh, you saw the cameo that we got from Bundy of all people, which was awesome. Uh, we thank you so much, uh, Bundy. And until next time, we'll talk to you Sunday morning. Cam Atkinson is the greatest player of all time. <laughs>